Good morning. Today is Friday, February 4th, 2022. I'm your host, Evan George, and welcome to Bostopia News. And here's what's happening in the news today. Michelle Wu has unveiled a new office for black male advancement, which will be aimed at addressing the challenges black men and boys face throughout Boston. Frank Farrow, who was the executive director of Elevate Boston Foundation, which is a nonprofit assisting local families facing hardships, will serve as the office's executive director. And this will be part of Wu's equity and inclusion cabinet. Now, this proposal, I believe, originated with Tito Jackson all the way back in 2014. However, it was vetoed by Marty Walsh. There is, of course, massive disparities between black and white citizens here in Boston, a 33-year life expectancy differential, wealth disparities from a quarter of a million to just $8, and having offices which are directly responsible to monitor, evaluate, implement programs that are aimed at marginalized populations is a great thing. So I wish the commission best of luck. I will, of course, be monitoring as I do all commissions, and let's hope they use their money and resources for good. With this week being Joint Rule 10 week, when lawmakers give the thumbs up or thumbs down to what bills will be considered in this session, we have some good news that the Tenant Protection Act, which would bring back the local option of rent control, has survived the first of many hurdles and is extended through May 9th. Also on that list for important housing measures to keep your eye on, the Tenant Opportunity to Purchase Act was also extended. So this is fantastic that these were not instantly killed by being sent to study, which is, of course, code for dead. And also, the prospect of a state-owned public bank received an extension through April 30th. Another fantastic piece of legislation. So round one complete, let round two begin. With Boston being the third most expensive city to be a renter in America and tens of thousands of evictions which took place during a pandemic, Charlie Baker's administration has decided to cut back aid payments and redirect some of that money into investigating fraudulent applications. We've spent $800,000 to corporate law firms to look for fraud in applications, and we'll address fraud in a moment. And to read a quote, from Gabriela, an organizer at City Life Vida Urbana, it's disappointing to see that state prioritize and invest hundreds of thousands of dollars investigating fraud rather than hiring and training more caseworkers and distribute money faster to families. It's also important to keep in mind that the State Department of Housing and Community Development received nearly $850 million from the federal government. However, they've spent just over half of that, 56%, by the end of 2021. Now, the reason very quickly to address fraud is because all of our systems are designed to do two things. One, to be as complex as possible. And then two, to have people go through and review your applications to find mistakes that they can then use to either deny you benefits or claim you committed fraud. We are seeing it here in this case where it comes to trying to get access to rent relief. We see it across the country where it comes to massive prison sentences for people who 
accidentally filed the wrong form or checked the wrong box who are just trying to register to vote. They make it complex, and then they threaten you that if you make a mistake, you will be punished, which deters people from trying to access these benefits. As Boston struggles to reduce carbon emissions, there is one big asterisk that we do not take into account when we are measuring our carbon emissions, and that is Logan Airport. Just off of fuel consumption, Logan Airport uses, and this number is from back in 2019, a little more than 521 million gallons, which translates to about 5 million tons of emissions, which is also roughly equivalent to the total annual emissions of the country of Uganda, which has a population of 50 million people. And again, this number, which drastically outweighs the amount of carbon emissions from the city's buildings, which routinely is labeled as our number one carbon emitter. Again, this measurement is not factored in to Boston's total carbon emissions. Now, Boston does not control Logan Airport. It is owned and operated by Massport, which is another one of those quasi-public but privately run institutions. And if Boston truly does want to be on the cutting edge of Green New Deal policies, we have to look at scaling back Logan Airport. And there was a great article, Commonwealth Magazine, January 26th, by Joseph Nevins that goes into this in more detail. Definitely check it out. And that's going to do it for today. Sorry, this is getting out a little bit late. I don't know how much snow we're going to get. Looks more like an icy mix. And if you haven't gone a chance yet, listen to the most recent episode of The Council. A little background into Brian Worrell, where his political leanings are, as much as we can measure at this time. And so with that, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And as always, have a great rest of your day.